You probably know you need life insurance, but you worry you'll have to deal with long applications, expensive premiums, and medical exams. Introducing EthosLife.com. With Ethos Life, you can apply in minutes, 100% online. Ethos offers affordable life insurance policies from top-rated carriers with no medical exam. Now you can sleep easy at night knowing your family's financial future is protected. Visit EthosLife.com and get your free life insurance quote today. Ethos Technologies, Inc. operates in California as Ethos Life Insurance Services. Not available in all states and prices subject to underwriting and certain health questions. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello, I'm Murli Krishnan from Hindustan Times. I've been reporting from the court for the past seven years. Happy 70th Supreme Court is a 13-episode series about the court and its history. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Happy 70th Supreme Court. It is a Women's Day week and on this occasion, I will speak about a case which was decided by our dear friend. A heads up, the case I am going to discuss is about the rape of a young girl. This could be triggering for some. I hope you take enough precaution and care of yourself before we deep dive into this episode. The case was Tukaram vs. State of Maharashtra or the infamous Mathura case. The case brought about a lot of issues about our criminal justice system to the forefront. Lawlessness, state functionaries like police itself committing criminal acts, but worst of all, the mindset of judges occupying top judicial positions in the country. The judgment dismayed legal community and women's organizations and sparked a discussion and debate on women's rights, leading to significant changes in rape laws in India. The Mathura case was about the rape of an Adivasi girl, Mathura, in police custody by two policemen. The girl was aged between 14 and 16 years. She had come to the police station after her brother had complained to the police that the girl was kidnapped by one Ashok, with whom Mathura was in a relationship. The police summoned Mathura, Ashok and his family members to the police station. After interrogation, it was alleged that the girl's brother, Ashok, and his family members were asked to wait outside the police station while Mathura was ordered to stay behind in the police station. She was then allegedly taken to a latrine and a chapri behind the police station and raped and sexually assaulted by two police constables. When the case came up before the trial court, both the accused were acquitted. Reason? She was a person habituated to sexual intercourse and therefore she had consented to sexual intercourse. She complained about rape later only to sound virtuous in front of her brother and lover. Mathura was a shocking liar whose testimony is riddled with falsehood and improbabilities. Really speaking, she would have surrendered her body to the constable, the trial court held. This shocking verdict of the trial court was, however, overturned by the Bombay High Court, which convicted the accused. The High Court was essentially of the opinion that the girl submitted herself passively but not willingly to the accused. She submitted to the act because of fear and authority of the two policemen. Thus, it was passive submission and not consent for sex. The High Court held. But now, the Supreme Court stepped in and gave a shocking decision in September 1978. A three-judge bench overturned the High Court judgment and acquitted the accused on the ground that the girl's testimony cannot be trusted. It held there was no sufficient evidence against the accused. The bench was composed of Justices A.D. Koshal, Jaswant Singh and P.S. Kailasam. The Supreme Court stressed upon the failure on the part of the girl to raise alarm while she was being raped. This, it said, showed that the girl had submitted herself to the act. This could not have been due to fear because when she was being taken away to the latrine, 
Her brother and lover were also present nearby. The exact words of the court were as follows. I quote, Her failure to appeal to her companions, who were no other than her brother, her aunt and her lover, and her conduct in meekly following Ganpat, the appellant, and allowing him to have his own way with her to the extent of satisfying his lust in full, makes us feel that the consent in question was not a consent which could have been brushed aside as passive submission. Remember, the Bombay High Court had said that it was passive submission which cannot be equated to consent. This judgment of the Supreme Court created an uproar. Various women organizations came to the front to protest against the court and the mindset of the people and judiciary. The case became a watershed moment in the history of women's rights movement in India and a starting point for challenging various patriarchal notions in the society, including on premarital sex. Law professors, including Professor Upendra Bakshi, wrote to the Supreme Court criticizing the verdict. They said that submission does not mean consent for sexual intercourse. The letter written by them to Supreme Court asked, Is the taboo against premarital sex so strong as to provide a license to Indian police to rape young girls? The judgment of the court also led to many amendments in our criminal law. Section 114A was inserted in the Indian Evidence Act. It created a presumption regarding absence of consent on the part of the rape victim if such a claim is made by her. That is, normally in criminal cases, the presumption is that the accused is innocent and the prosecution will have to produce evidence to prove the allegation. However, in case of rape, when the question of consent comes into picture, if the victim says that she did not consent, then the burden will shift to the accused. The accused will then have to prove that there was indeed consent for the act. The case also led to the insertion of Section 376B in the Indian Penal Code. According to this provision, if a public servant, taking advantage of his official position, induces or seduces any woman in his custody to have sex with him, he can be punished with imprisonment up to five years. Thus, even if the sexual intercourse was with consent, the act of sex by a policeman with a woman in his custody would be a crime. We have come a long way from 1978, both on women's rights and court's outlook towards the same. Nearly two decades later, in 1997, the court in the landmark judgment of Vishakha case tried to address the problem of sexual harassment of women at workplace. Another 20 years from there, the court in 2018 delivered the judgment permitting women to enter Shabarimala temple in Kerala. I will discuss about these two cases in the coming episodes. If you wish for me to discuss any of Supreme Court's ruling, tweet to me at Legal Journalist. You can also show your love for this podcast by liking, sharing and following us on HT Smartcast. We are ever-present on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. For more such interesting podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. Until next time, this is Murli signing off. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.